Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It's Wednesday, November 10th, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen alongside Omaha, Joe Stanton, who has called an audible. He's back to his home digs, his favorite spot for podcasting. And on this November 10th, Omaha Joe, it is week 10. We're starting yep. the second half of the season. Big Thursday night game coming up here. How are you feeling? Feeling good. Feeling good. That last Thursday night football game. Andrew, obviously you were there with with us. We were set up for success. We were all over Hines. I had Doyle in a lineup. We had White going, and unfortunately, he went down and with that forearm injury, and he was in all of our lineups. We had a blazing hot start, and did. and they never came back in the game. Oh, just working that forearm all day over there, just trying to grip the ball, get back out there. It was Mike White night. Everything yeah. was set up perfectly. We were in the in the top spot after that touchdown pass. Yeah. And then uh, it all went downhill. You know, we still cashed with our FanDuel hybrid, but, uh, but you know, because we had Heinz. Yeah. And, and we and had yeah. and more, we were all over more as well. Yep, we had that's him right. in, a, in a bunch of our lineups as well. So yeah. Yep. Hey, well, we got another game tomorrow and we can go for the perfect 10 lineup here in week 10. Right. Let's all do right. it. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. It is Baltimore and Miami. 820 start. Baltimore favored by seven and a half. The total is 46 and a half. And there's a narrative involved here, isn't there, for some of these Baltimore guys? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Marquise Hollywood Brown got his nickname Hollywood Brown because that's where he grew up in South Florida. And, and Lamar Jackson is also from South Florida. And they go down there all the time. Lamar Jackson lives there in the offseason. He's really involved in the community with all the kids down there. It's, it's a homecoming game for them. The last time... Baltimore played down um, against Miami was week one of 2019. Lamar Jackson's MVP season. He had five touchdowns on 324 yards. Um, th this is going to be a good game because I know that they're coming in. They were kind of spoken with the media and, and whatnot and got their groups coming to the game. They want to they want to show out. They want to put on a good performance uh, for those folks and not let their foot off the pedal. So I know they're excited to come down to Miami. Yeah, they you know that game it just stuck in my memory too. Uh, because of those deep shots to Brown, he he right. really burst on the scene in that game, and they just destroyed the the Dolphins. And I, I love that narrative. Um, I appreciate you sharing that and being on top of it. So, will you have both of those guys in most of your lineups? Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so. I think Lamar Jackson is obviously the guy to play here. He cost the most. He's seventeen and a half k on Fanduel, which is just way expensive. But I think you got to go there. He yep. passed for 266 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions against the Minnesota Vikings in that you know OT game. But he also ran for 120 yards yes, on the ground. Did. An impressive running performance. He's had two games in a row with 85 yards rushing and four consecutive games with 50 yards plus rushing. So I think he's primed here to have a great a great game. Um, Miami's defense is a little above average, um, but they've been letting up some you know big time plays and actually. They're the worst in the AFC in their third down conversion. They're letting up 48.8% of their third down conversion. So overall, I just think Lamar Jackson is primed here, and I don't think Miami's going to be able to stop him. Yeah, good calls there. And I, I'm, now you've got me wondering what their percentage is on fourth down because we know Baltimore loves to go for it on fourth. Uh, so three might not even be enough. So I, I do like their chances to move the ball here. 
quarterbacks have had a lot of success against Miami. You know, Tom Brady, 4-11 and five scores. You know, Matt, Matt Ryan, even 3-36 and two. Yeah. Uh, and then um, Lamar. Uh, that was, by the way, the 10th time he's run for over 100 yards, which ties the all-time record with Michael Vick. So maybe he'll just go and, and try to break it here tomorrow night. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they just look at a really good spot here. Um, and like I said earlier, I don't think they're going to let their foot off the gas when they get up um, in this game. So, I, I, I it, excuse me. And with that same point, I think Marquise Brown is in a great position as well. Uh, for, for the Ravens. He has a 23% target share in that last game. Um, he's good to go. He was a little questionable here early in the week, but um, he had a couple full practices. And the Miami defense is the third worst pass defense. They're letting up 281 yards per game. Uh, Marquise Brown has seen eight red zone targets on the season. So as the number one wide receiver out of this backfield and with such a defense that's letting up that many yards, I think a pair here of Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown is – Oh, it's almost a lock for me in my lineups, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, me too. So what about the rest of these pass catchers? Yeah, so so Sammy Watkins has a good chance of playing. He was a full participant in Wednesday's practice. Um, so him, he'll probably be slotted in as that third wide receiver. I think he will probably split time with DuVernay. I'm not too excited for either of those guys. Um, I would say the guy that I'm most excited for is Rashad Bateman. Um, you know, rookie first round pick battling that groin injury coming in, but he's had a 19% target share. And over the last three games, he's had 12 receptions for 161 yards. Um, and even then that last game, it was a tie ball game. They were doing a late minute drive um, and they trusted him in that spot. He had a one handed catch um, when Jackson went to him. So that was actually kind of my, my take a while back when I said KJ Osborne's going to come out firing. It was That's the right. game before they went to him in the fourth quarter on a on a fourth down on just a crucial play. So I think Bateman is getting really comfortable in this offense really fast, and I really like him in this one. So I think a Bateman you can play in your cash, you can play in your GPP, um, but I think Bateman would be my next favorite wide receiver out of this backfield. Andrew, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. You know, I think Watkins is a real X factor here as the veteran coming back from injury. How healthy is he? How many snaps is he going to get? And I'm with you. I really like how Bateman looked last week. Uh, quick, really involved in the offense. And the, the problem here is that Baltimore runs a lot of plays with just the two wide receivers. So that's why we need to know how healthy Watkins is and, and how much is, is he going to play. Will he take away from Bateman on, on, those, on those plays? When they go to that third receiver, I think those will be the three guys out there the most. Right. Uh, with, and I bet I bet Baltimore is fired up to see how that's going to look because uh, yeah. that's going to be tough to, to defend with that terrific rushing attack. We haven't even got to Mark Andrews yet. So I, right. I do think Devin Duvernay is the guy that really takes a back seat here and, and likely gets pushed out. So I, I don't think I want to go there. Um, and, I, and I don't want to go to Watkins just because of the uncertainty. So right. for me, it is a matter of, you know, am I going to add Bateman and go with, you know, add him to the stack of, of Lamar and Brown. So we got to keep working on the construction there. But, you know, the other thing yeah. here with attacking Miami through the air is against Needham in the slot, that's, that's the place to do it. And, and Baltimore mixes it up a little bit. Marquise Brown has run 35% of his routes in the slot, Bateman 16%. 
Uh, and then Duvernay, 43%. So I think with Duvernay taking a back seat here, it opens up even a couple more uh, snaps for Brown and Bateman to work in the slot. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm in the same place. Um, Bateman and Watkins have shared the field together at one point. Um, and Bateman had it had an all right game. I mean, he's been been progressing over the three weeks. So I think they're definitely going to be able to share the ball around. And like you said, um, it's going to open up a couple more snaps for them um, of Bateman and Brown in that slot spot. Of course, if we hear something that comes out about Watkins is just 100% go, never felt better, then we obviously have to reevaluate a little bit. But right right now we're in the same place. Um, and coming to, the, coming to Mandrews, um, Mark Andrews <laughs> here at tight end. Um, he was targeted 10 times against Minnesota. Um, he had four catches for 44 yards. But this Dolphins defense has given up some – two big games to some tight ends. Um, Kyle Pitts had over 200. Well, the whole tight end core had over 200 yards against the Dolphins. And and in the Colts matchup, the tight end room had two two touchdowns as well. So um, Mark Andrews actually grades out as one of the best offensive grades against Brandon James um, at the linebacker position. So I think Mark Andrews b- bounces back here um, and actually has a great, a great day. He's the second option um, behind Brown and, um, although he is priced up, um, I think I would still prefer Brown over Mark Andrews, but Mark Andrews lets you get different, and I think he could have a really good really good day. Yep, well said. Totally agree. How about these running backs here? We've got the uh, the old the old guard now with Freeman and Bell uh, kind of taking over that backfield because Latavius Murray doubtful here as we record this on Wednesday right. night. Yeah, so actually something interesting that just came out for the Ravens is that Nick Boyle, who hasn't played since last season, he's active. And he's yep. one of the best blockers um, in the NFL and at the tight end position. So it just strengthens that O-line for the Ravens, helps the passing game, give Lamar Jackson a couple more minutes or not minutes, seconds to throw. And it opens up the running game as well. There's going to be a couple more holes. So between the two, the prices are pretty similar. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is a little cheaper. Um, but I like Devontae Freeman. Um, just as the offensive snaps keep climbing as Latavius Murray's out. Um, Freeman's that guy at the backfield. They had He had 13 carries last week. Le'Veon Bell had 11, but Freeman definitely did a little bit more with his carries. It was 79 yards and a receiving touchdown. He's had three games in a row with a touchdown. So I think Devontae Freeman would be the running back I would go to. With that being said, on PFF, Miami has the fourth best run defense but they have one of the worst tackling grades. So I like how Devontae Freeman is running the ball um, where he's having some defenders miss and he's basically trucking through some folks. Um, so I, I think Devontae Freeman's in a good place and I prefer him over Le'Veon Bell, but a priority for me is the pass catchers here on Baltimore. Yeah, me as well. Um, you know, one other thing from from the eye test here was watching Miami last week. They gave up some big holes early for Houston to run through. And I was, if you just look at the box score, you're not going to see much in terms of the, the rushing game from Houston. Cause I mean, it's Houston. Let's be honest. Um, I, so I do think there's opportunity there. Um, you know, so, and, and I also am with you that I, I do lean Freeman. Um, but you don't have to go to that spot. You know, if you load up on this passing game, right. um, you, you may not have a spot from one of those backs. I do also want to mention here uh, Patrick Ricard, who can be a thorn in the side here of these showdown slates because 
he's often, you know, liable to get uh, a catch or two, even a touchdown. And he was featured on one of those drives last week, ended up with three catches and a touchdown. And he's really cheap on both sides. So if you're playing a GPP, keep him in mind. Uh, but I'm glad you mentioned Boyle. You know, he's officially questionable right now. But if he's out there, that could take away from Ricard. You know, Ricard yeah. is this big fullback who's, you know, sometimes he's more like a tight end. Uh, he even lined up out wide a couple times last week. So they've said they, they've got a lot of weapons is the bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. I have Nick Boyle as a as a full, if not 90 percent participant um, in today's practice on Wednesday. So they they activated him off the IR. Um, I think they expect him to be out there. But yeah, like you said, there's just a lot of weapons. That running back room is a little more split. And on these show uh, showdown um, sort of lineups, I it's not my best interest to go to a split running back room. Um, but that's also how you win your GPP. So um, I think I think that goes to say. Yep. Okay. Awesome, Andrew. Well, before we jump over to the Miami side, I'd love to tell our viewers a little bit about what we have going on at DFS Coach Talk. You see that up in the top left. Come join us at DFSCoachTalk.com. We'll get you in our Discord. We give out full FanDuel lineups, a DraftKings clipboard, and a full Yahoo lineups as well. And you get to join the community. You get to talk with all of us, ask your questions, see where we where we edge and what our justification are for our, for our picks. And we have a various amount of subscription options. You can do a three-day pass, do a five-day pass, month-long, season-long, really whatever is going to fit your fancy. And we're having a lot of fun. We just had a 367-point NBA. When you jump in, you get all of our sports. It's not just NFL. And you can find, again, all that information on DFSCoachTalk.com as well as our Twitter, uh, DFSCoachTalk. Yeah, absolutely. And then – the stats here, some of them that we've been been mentioning, are courtesy of our partners at Pro Football Focus, and that's another thing that comes with your membership is you get uh, those insights. We share those in our Discord. John Wehausen, our analytics master, uh, is is running that part of things. So yep. uh, yeah, join us at dfscoachtalk.com. Pick up these Thursday lineups here uh, tomorrow, and then you get all the other sports as well. Yeah. Yep. I'll mention, I'll mention one last thing, Andrew. A like and subscribe. It means the world to us over here on YouTube. We're also on Spotify and any podcast provider. But Andrew and I are always on YouTube. And, and feel free to chat with us down in the comments if you have questions. We're happy to respond. Um, but you know, if you are enjoying the podcast and enjoying this information, you know, please give a like and subscribe because um, it makes our makes our hearts smile. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. What's going to make us smile here on this Miami side? Not a ton. Okay, that's my opinion here. They are two and seven, big underdogs, as we mentioned, seven and a half points at home. Um, yeah, they beat Houston 17 to nine, but what an ugly game. You know, yeah. nothing really impressive from the Miami side. And we've got two a questionable, really closer to doubtful here, it sounds like, with the finger right. with the finger. So it's looking like Jacoby Brissett again, who's just really sort of an average quarterback. You know, and he's when he's out there, it's all about the short passes. They just don't take deep shots. They're just trying to possess the ball, slowly move the ball down the field. It's just not really a, a dangerous offense. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I just don't think they match up too well here with Baltimore. Um, see, because the, the thing is, you know, the way to attack Baltimore is through the air. 
And we've had these quarterbacks with big games, especially with yardage. Uh, Wentz and Burrow and Carr, all over 400 yards passing. But I just don't see Brissett getting there because of all the dink and dunk. I mean, their, their deep guy is Mac Hollins right now. He's their outside receiver, right. you know, quote-unquote deep threat because they've got Jalen Waddle running all the short routes. I, I do like Waddle here. He, he's my favorite play for Miami in this game, uh, especially on DraftKings 8,200. You know, he's, he's really strong in PPR. Lots of high target, high catch games. Not big on yardage, but you can actually have him as your captain on DraftKings. I'm going to keep playing with it. You can have a guy catch eight or nine balls for 80 or 90 yards, even if he doesn't score. You can load up the rest of your lineup with Baltimore guys. So keep that in mind as a possibility. He's a little more expensive on FanDuel, uh, so I'm still playing with that. But I do like Waddle here. He runs 66% of his routes in the slot where he'll see Tavon Young. And I, I do like that matchup more on the interior for Miami than on the outside. And on the outside, it's just not very pretty in my opinion because we've got Parker and Will Fuller still out. So last week it was Matt Collins getting three catches. We've got Preston Williams apparently going to be active mm -hmm. after he's been out of the mix recently. Albert Wilson is there. Uh, so out of Hollins, Williams, and Wilson, I just don't have any faith in those guys. Uh, so with that passing game for me, I'm really focused on Jalen Waddle but before we get to the tight ends. But what, what do you think about Brissett and those three wideouts? Any any interest there? Yeah, so I'm in the same camp with you and Brissett. It's a slow-moving offense. Um, putting up 17 points against the Texans it did not impress me. And Andrew, the, we might be one of the few folks to have rewatched the game. Might maybe more viewers than what had originally been mm -hmm. on the been on the screen. So yeah, Brissett is not a priority for me, especially because Tua um, just doesn't look like he's going to play. Uh, but in that same regard. Yeah, definitely in the same camp with Waddle, um, the target share for him in this Miami offense, especially with Parker and Fuller out, um, has been pretty ridiculous. Um, what's interesting for me is Waddle has caught as many passes behind the line of scrimmage as he has for catches that are 10 yards out, same amount. And that kind of favors Brissett because he's not going to be chucking it down the field all too much. And you even saw against in the slot, Jefferson and Thielen went short, they went long, and they exported um, some weak safeties um, and, and that Baltimore has been missing in the middle. So, yeah, I think Waddle, you can definitely play as a captain on DraftKings. Um, he's my second favorite play from the Miami side, uh, which we'll get to. But uh, of the three other wide receivers, Hollins, Wilson, um, I, I like Mac Hollins. Um, I, he's actually a captain on this Dolphins team. Um, and he just was on in 2019 as a free agency pickup. He played 60 snaps um, on the offense last week. Um, when Parker was back against Buffalo, he only played four. Uh, but before that, he played a good amount as well um, versus Atlanta. So I do like Matt Collins. He had three catches on six targets and that one touchdown for five yards. I don't like the outside cornerbacks for Baltimore. Um, you have Humphrey out there, which he's a big – physical guy bump and run coverage um so that's why i don't like when waddle moves out there 
I think Hollins has, from an eye test for me, I really do like the way he's playing. And if he does exploit for a deep ball and, you know, the Dolphins coaching staff just said, hey, Brissett, just let it go, man. Because, like, at this point, um, I definitely could see Hollins as, as a GPP play, especially on FanDuel. Um, he's only 6.5K over there. Um, he's a little more of a medium price over there on DraftKings. So if you're trying to get a little crazy, of those three other wide receivers, I like Mac Hollins. Yeah, I, I I think he has the most upside, and with the deep ball, I, I agree. You know, Minnesota had success there. Jefferson had that fifty yarder over the top, which was nice. So Hollins would probably be that guy. I could see them taking that type of shot earlier in his career. He was more prone to to make those plays. I just didn't think he had, you know, a lot of juice last week getting separation. It's, you know, it seemed like he was always in tight coverage. He, you know, he made a couple of decent catches, but, uh, you know, it's not like Marquise Brown, who's going to be flying past people and he's going to be wide open by five yards. Right. So I think it's a, it's a bigger challenge to try to connect with Holland on, on any type of big play. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's why I think it's that GPP because it is uh, a lesser percent chance that Holland has a boom crazy day um but there is i think he has that higher percentage than the rest of those those guys so agreed all right so let's talk tight ends and running backs here gesicki uh solid game last week eight targets four catches couple really impressive one-handed catches Mm -hmm. uh and baltimore has given up the second most fantasy points to tight ends yeah in terms of the rankings they have played some rather strong tight ends uh, how about Waller, Kelsey, and Fant? I know who you think is the best out of those three. Uh, and then Conklin last week, five for 45. That's kind of more where I would project Gasicki in terms of the type of day. He could get more catches than that. Um, so he's in play for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and on on FanDuel, you know, they're almost the same price here, Jalen Waddle and, and Gasicki. Yeah. So it may come down to that decision. Where are you leaning? Yeah, so as I kind of mentioned, I think Isiki is my favorite Dolphins play. Um, in his last four games, he went four for 54, three for 48, seven for 85, eight for 115 yards. Um, and I like him. He's been a, he's been the sneaky tight end three this season behind Kelsey and Waller, um, you know, with obviously Kittle um, taking a backseat, and you got Logan Thomas with that with being out. But, yeah, I really like his matchup. Um, he is an 8%, you know, PFF matchup edge. Like you said, Baltimore's been giving up a lot, um, the second most points to tight ends, and that's because they're really hurting in the linebacker and safety position, um, not as much as those cornerbacks. So I agree with you. I mean, it's 12500 for Gusecki on FanDuel. It's 12000 for Waddle. It is. It might just come down to the extra $500, um, but – with Waddle going to be lining up about a third of his time on the outside, 66% of the slot, um, where Gusecki is going to have a consistent matchup. I think that's where Lean Gusecki, um, I really like how he's been looking. He's really progressed as the season came on. Um, so, yeah, I think either one for sure is going to be in my lineups, and that's where I want to go to on the Dolphins side. Might come down to the 500, um, but, Andrew, that's why where we differ. I, I lean Gusecki a little bit more. Okay. You know, I'm I'm more interested in on him and FanDuel because uh, I think he could end up with more yardage than Waddle, even if Waddle has more catches. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to keep playing with that. 
Also just want to mention the other tight ends here. If you're playing multiple lineups, looking for a, a deep GPP play, Durham Smythe, two catches last week. Adam Shaheen also caught one. That's the other thing where it makes me worry a little bit about Kasicki because Smythe had a catch where it took him inside the five. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he could have, he could have scored. Um, so just, just something to mention, uh, you know, they're not yeah. huge, huge target guys, but yeah, I would say, I would say I'm more worried about Smythe than yeah. uh, Shaheen. Yeah. Shaheen's snaps, I think three games back is about at like 73% offensive snaps. They went to like 60 and then last week was at 48. So he's declining. Um, but like you said, they're like a one, two cash guy, but they could steal something. So as a punt tight end play, um, yeah, Smythe would be the, the one I would go with. Agreed. All right, these running backs. Miles Gaskin is a player I do like in general, especially on DraftKings with PPR. And he got a lot of touches on Sunday, Joe. Yeah. He had 26 touches, 20 carries, six catches on six targets, got in the end zone running it. Um, what is he going to have left? Because uh, he's a smaller guy. And mm-hmm. so he t- took a lot of shots here. Quick turnaround, not a great matchup in terms of yardage, running it against Baltimore. Uh, Dalvin Cook's the only guy who's run for over 100 this year against Baltimore. Um, So I'm not looking at Gaskin to have a big running day. I think the way that he could hit value is catching it. So he's an option, but he's a little bit pricey for me to really be focused on that. Uh, And Mm -hmm. then we've got Salvin Ahmed in the picture. He had a few carries. Uh, Laird was out there a little bit as well. Um, but Gaskin for me right now is a guy that I like more in other weeks. And I'm not particularly fired up about him because uh, we can't play all the good players, right? <laughs> right, exactly. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said Miles Gaskin could hit value. And that's because he's just priced up so much. Um, I think that's the risk you play because even if he – gets to value. I don't think he crushes it. I don't think he surpasses it unless he has, you know, this crazy touchdown day, but he's not going to be on the ground. Um, Last game, he had five catches out of the backfield for 71 yards and a touchdown. Um, So, you know, he's a good player. I agree with you, but he, I think the only way he gets done is in this passing game. Um, It's going to be hard to run. And like you said, he had 20, you know, 26 over there on Sunday. So I definitely see them maybe giving a couple more, um, a couple less attempts to him. Um, so yeah, I'm in the same boat on Gaskin, just a little too priced up and, um, I, I'm not confident in the running game. Um, and them doing it on the ground. Okay. Well, we better talk some kickers here before we wrap up, Joe. We gotta, yep. I mean, we gotta, is there any debate with possibly the greatest kicker of all time and Justin Tucker? Yeah. Matt Prater's pretty good. He was pretty good on the Broncos. <laughs> Well, he's not uh, playing in this game, is he? No, no. Um, yeah, dude, Tucker's been insane um, this year. Um, but I, when I pick my showdown lineups, I want to pick the kicker on the team that I don't think is going to be able to get down the field. You know, obviously field goals are worth more than, you know, extra points. So I, I like Sanders. Um, you could go Tucker just because, you know, he can kick from anywhere. <laughs> he's, just, you know, that, that good of a kicker. Yes, but. He can. It, it, Probably for me, I like Sanders. If you had to go with the kicker, I don't think it's necessary in this matchup, though. Um, but that'd be who I favor. Yeah, I, I agree there, um, and that's how I usually play it as well. But Tucker is just in a you know a league of his own. Yeah, and there is a, a lineup construction that I've got going on DraftKings right now where he fits. Nice, and it and it and I, it does come down to the kicker, and I am kind of leaning Tucker. Um, 
just because if they blow them out, this could be a, a situation where, where Baltimore scores seven times and Miami scores twice. Yeah. So, yeah, I get, I, I mean, I could, you know, six extra points does beat like, you know, a one field goal. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think um, this might be where we flip the script. Maybe we do go with the, the kicker on the winning side of the ball. Okay. Well, we're going to sort that out here in the next 24 hours before kickoff and get these lineups to our members, full lineups on FanDuel and Yahoo core lineups on uh, DraftKings for the cash lineup and the GPP. And uh, join us this weekend for our main slate podcast as well as the primetime podcast for the Sunday Monday night games. Joe, any final thoughts here? No, I don't think so. I'm, I'm ready to get after it. Second half of the NFL season is upon us and you know, we're going to keep crushing it. Absolutely. So thank you all for tuning in on behalf of the entire DFS coach talk team, along with Omaha Joe, I'm Andrew Hansen. We'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.